Hi, this is Penn of Penn Teller. You're listening to Diminishing Returns. I listen to it all the time, but I've been known to lie. Hello and welcome to a thrillingly exciting wolfy edition <laughs> of diminishing returns good improv yes it's it's an exciting episode of the show for us because we have lined up i'm going to start a new thing alan where i just throw all our prior guests on the show under the bus <laughs> yeah, at the right, start okay. of each episode i just completely dismiss them i think this is our most exciting guest we've ever had on go on then who is it going to be well we're doing this week Teen Wolf. Right. And we're going to look at the classic movies and then transition into looking at the uh, modern MTV series revival. And to talk to us, we have got Jeff Davis, the creator of Teen Wolf, MTV's Teen Wolf. That's a big get. He's American. He's a Hollywood producer. He he created the Teen Wolf MTV series. Yeah, well, we'll talk, we'll talk right. about that. I didn't even watch yeah. that. I thought we were doing the films. <laughs> So yeah, that's something to look forward to. We're going to close out with a big Teen Wolf quiz. I'm I'm really excited, Alan. I'm really excited. <laughs> I can tell. Can we talk about the films first? Because that's what I actually watched. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let's start with a look at the. I nearly said seminal. Yeah. Uh, I realise that must just be a nervous tick. <laughs> you started saying seminal a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 1985. Iconic. Iconic is fair. It's it's uh, Teen Wolf, the Michael J. Fox vehicle from. I mean, I don't know. It came out the same year as Back to the Future. I'm not sure which film actually came out first. So I know. I think it's safe to say that when they were filming it, Michael J. Fox was still very much a, a sitcom star. Yeah, he was dabbling in making movies. So as I understand it, he made this first, very much so. Um, as you may assume from the quality of it. And <laughs> uh, and then obviously he went on to be doing Back to the Future. The producers of this film went, let's just wait until Back to the Future comes out and he becomes a big star and then we'll put this film out. <laughs> Which is smart. very wise, I think, very wise. Very smart, yeah. But how did they know the producers of Back to the Future weren't going, let's just wait until Teen Wolf comes out. <laughs> I I think, Alan, for anyone who's a new listener, Alan and I used to live together going back like eight years or something. We, we were housemates for a, for a period. Mm. Um, I think I watched Teen Wolf for the first time back when we were living in that flat together Possible. in London. My memory is that I watched it, because Teen Wolf is quite a, I, an iconic film. It's, it's you know, referenced in lots of sitcoms, yeah. if nothing else. People know the name. I think I was really not disappointed so much as surprised <laughs> at how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush here. This is a terrible film. <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I, I obviously I rewatched it in preparation for this episode of the podcast, and I don't know if it's just going in with such low expectations, but <laughs> I kind of came round on it a little bit. Oh come on! I mean, at best, is a kind of camp, so bad it's good kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not great. <laughs> We've we've jumped ahead here. Just yeah, for any new listeners, my name's Sol. Joining me is Alan. Hello. 
Later joining us will be Jeff Davis, the creator of Teen Wolf. A Hollywood big shot, Jeff Davis. Can I can I pretend I'm confused by the fact that MTV doesn't play music anymore? As if it's 1997 <laughs> and I'm a stand-up comedian. Yes. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> We've spoken about Back to the Future on this podcast before. And I think that's the only time we've really got into Michael J. Fox, but yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say we we like him a lot. We think he's great. Uh, well, <laughs> I like him. Maybe a lot. that's what I would have said before I rewatched Teen Wolf. <laughs> Do you know what? Right, oh, yeah. come you, on. You, you started this conversation, so let me let me finish. It's not Michael J. Fox's fault, is it? <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. Okay, right. Now, what I'm not saying Michael J. Fox is bad or anything like that, but. I do think he's just Michael J. Fox in everything. So? So he's Marty McFly in everything, is what that yeah. means. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, exactly. You watch Back to the Future, the, it works perfectly for that character. But then I watch Teen Wolf, and it's like, eh, it's just exactly the same. It doesn't work as well here, because the plot's not as good. The director's obviously not giving him as much. But you don't confuse it with Back to the Future, because in this one, he's dressed up like some sort of ape man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone back to Neanderthal times. That's what's happened there. <laughs> Bark yeah. to the future. <laughs> there you go, that's a cheap pun. I did love in this film the way his dad repeatedly used the phrase teen wolf. I think I think it's just a very soft American pronunciation of the word wolf. But repeatedly he was like, you're a teen wolf, you're a teen wolf. What I'm trying to say is, the werewolf is a part of you. But that doesn't change what you have inside. Look, Dad, I got a bad outside hook shot. I'm allergic to eggs. I got a $6 haircut. I mean, I have problems. I don't need this one. Hey, it's not all bad being a teen wolf. There's some good (laughs) stuff, too. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. Look, I don't dislike him, like I say. He's a very likeable person. But I don't know if he's, like, exactly the best versatile actor ever. He just does what he does. And the problem with that is, like, can you carry on doing that everything else he does is kind of in the same vein. It, I mean, it works. It's okay. You find the right place for it. And and in theory, Teen Wolf, that's exactly where it should be. It makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Or slightly awkward teen, not quite cool, wants to be, becomes a wolf. So, <laughs> so okay. I'm not entirely convinced by Michael J. Fox, but whatever. I think in this film it shows that perhaps he's not quite getting the same direction <laughs> as he does in Back to the Future Certainly not got the script to support him. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I think I think this film shows just how good Michael J. Fox is. Oh, yeah. Because there are scenes... Yeah, there are scenes that I noticed on the rewatch where I thought, you know what? That's a really good bit of broad comedy acting from Michael J. Fox, and that clearly speaks to someone desperate to inject a lacking script <laughs> with something. Can you give me a specific example? Yeah, there's the bit where he goes running down the corridor all upset. Oh, that was the best bit in the <laughs> wet floor. <laughs> oh, that was actually very good. The janitor's like, it's a wet floor! And then he's, you know, Michael J. Fox is fully going for it, throwing himself around the room. And then there's a cut to another angle and it looks as if three men off stage, like three... <laughs> Three of the gaffers have, like, literally <laughs> swung him across the floor and slid him. Because he, he comes flying with such 
velocity, such force. Yeah, I really did like that bit, actually, because it was totally irrelevant to the plot. The, the <laughs> floors were wet. It was purely like, what can we do to make this funnier if he's just running down the corridor? Yeah, you know, he really went for it, and, you know, it's a solid bit of slapstick comedy <laughs> acting from him, I think. Okay, I'll give him that. Fair enough. And I think that's a good example of him bringing more to the film than is there without him. Fair enough. That's Michael J. Fox. Let's talk about the other notable members of cast. Name one of them. (laughs) Well, there is... Without looking. (laughs) There is, of course, his friend who comes back in Teen Wolf 2. (laughs) Well, or doesn't. (laughs) No, no, the other one, the big big guy. The guy looks like he's 40, but is playing it. That's the guy who plays Francis in Pee-wee, uh, Pee-wee, whatever it is. His dad, who comes back in Teen Wolf 2. They're the two that return, yeah. Yeah. I can tell you some notable actors in Teen Wolf 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll come to that. <laughs> but yeah, so, in terms of the other cast, it is generally, they're all kind of general unknowns, this was obviously a low-budget kind of bit of a throwaway kind of B-movie nonsense, I guess. Well, comedy. Was... Yeah, well... To give the film a bit of credit, I believe it was very low budget, and I think it far outperformed expectations. So, like, with that in mind, let's look at the cast who we don't know, but I'm going to throw a little bit of praise out here. So, Jerry Levine, or Levine, who plays Styles, who is, like, his mate, who's, like, the 80s cool guy. Yeah. I liked him. I thought... In terms of that character that you're playing, I thought he put loads of energy into it, really brought that character to life. It's a silly character, quite broad, but he did it very well. Yeah. It's all right, isn't it? For this level of 80s comedy, I think he he nailed that role. I could absolutely imagine him being one of the leads in, you know, Porky's 2 or something. So he's at that level. Yeah, yeah, that level of stuff. That's fine. But that's fine. That's what this needs. And that character is a very big character. And I think he brings a lot of energy into it. Especially when you've got the likes of Michael J. Fox playing your lead, who is just by his nature quite kind of small and timid. And that's fine because that's the character. But having that big person opposite him works very nicely i think who else did i like the coach who is a guy called jay tarses mm. he i liked some of the stuff he was doing he was doing some kind of quite abstract comedy stuff i don't know how much of it was scripted it felt like he was working from a different script to everyone else <laughs> but, but like i think the guy is a comedian maybe he was propping it up a bit but i w- i liked what he was doing just because there was just some really weird stuff in there I'm trying to think of an example. No, I don't think I... <laughs> I didn't write anything specific down. It's it's a very um, unmemorable film. <laughs> to say <laughs> yeah. to say it's called <laughs> Teen Wolf, and it's about a werewolf a teen wolf. who plays basketball, <laughs> Yeah, it should be crammed full of memorable moments. Yes, it should, and it should be... But really, I would say the only memorable moment is the end, where allegedly there's a man with his dick out in the background. <laughs> and that's just like, that's like that whole you can see a ghost in the background of uh, three men and a baby. To be fair, in this case, you can completely see how people watched it and thought, oh, that guy's dick's out. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird scene. Okay, so there's a famous bit right at the end where one of the extras, just in the background, the trousers are open, looks like they're messing around with the the whatever. Yeah. Now, on the version I watched, it's obviously a woman. Like, it's cut off from kind of stomach down, but you can tell it's a woman and it's someone whose trousers are undone 
and he sort of realizes the trousers undone and does them up. Like that's what I saw. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> but it's not like their dicks hanging out and then they do up the trousers. It's like a, no. I think it's a bit of fabric or something that's. Yeah, look, you can see through yeah. the 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 trousers are undone, so you can see pants or whatever underneath. Like I knew, I'd heard of that moment. I couldn't remember it specifically from watching this before, but I was thinking it's probably not even that obvious. But it is very obvious, like because. <laughs> I, and I guess this is down to how they filmed it and the the fact that they weren't really doing much with the extras. But everyone's celebrating because they they're they're cheering on a basketball game. You have your main cast sort of in the middle of the bleachers, and then there's just one extra behind them for no obvious reason with their trousers undone. And it's like it's so obvious; it draws your eye immediately. Yeah, but it's like Back to the Future Part Three, Alan, where. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but when yeah, when Doc Brown turns up at the end on a, a steam train that can fly with his kid, that kid is just like just will not stop grabbing his crotch, <laughs> and it's really <laughs> weird. And it is, of course, apparently because the child needed a wee, and that was his way of making sure he didn't wet himself. And I suppose child labour wasn't uh, a concern for <laughs> Zemeckis and Co. back then. But let's uh, to give a brief overview of the plot. Michael J. Fox is playing a teen, young sort of teen lad who's at high school. He's on a crap basketball team. Then he finds out that he turns into a wolf sometimes, a werewolf. And when he's a werewolf, he's better at sports and he's a bit cooler. <laughs> it's more of a mystery than that. He's he's a teenager. He's kind of a, you know, a dork. You know, he's your average underdog character set up for mm-hmm. us to root for him because he can't do anything right, then weird things start happening. And it, it's played as a mystery, except that, you know, the film is called Teen Wolf. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very unlikely that the mystery is going to play in any real sense. But, but I mean, maybe it did. Maybe people were expecting there to be a scene at the start where he walks through the moors at night with his friend and gets, a t- you know, bitten by a wolf and then weird yeah. stuff starts to happen. But that's not this film at all. It's, it's actually, to give it some credit, quite, a, quite an odd concept. He just starts to, for example, he, he's in a shop and this noise keeps happening and he, he finds it very unpleasant. Yeah, high-pitched noise. Yeah, and he ends up running over to this kid who's blowing a whistle, stop him doing it, and then the kid goes, damn, thing's broken! And it's because it's a dog whistle and the kid mm. couldn't hear it, but he can hear it. because Yeah, and he starts noticing these odd little changes and things, like he's... His ears go funny and whatever. Watching this again... Go on. And as I say, going in with such low expectations, because I hated this film when I first watched it. I I (laughs) thought it was abysmal. There's a nice... There's a nice... If not subtle... You can't even finish the sentence. Come on. (laughs) There's a nice, if not subtle, metaphor for puberty. Oh, right. Right. I wanted to ask about this. What the hell is this supposed to be a metaphor for? Because it's not puberty. I can tell you that for now. Because it doesn't make any sense. Well, it it starts off as a nice metaphor for puberty, but it, it gets halfway through and then... Because it does, it does start that way. It's like he's in the bathroom freaking out and his dad's like going, you're right in there, son. And like, that's not what he sounded like, but... <laughs> and then it's like, no, Dad, I'm doing something private in the bathroom. Another... Another positive for the film, the film kind of reaches this crescendo of of Michael J. Fox having full-on wolfman makeup on, and he does look more like a chipmunk than a wolf. (laughs) I can't overstate how... He looks like Encino Man. Have you ever seen that terrible... (laughs) 
Brendan Fraser movie where he plays a caveman. Encino man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just not good wolf makeup. It's like his hair's long, and it just it just looks like he's got long hair and a beard. Robin Williams arms. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> he is, and that's the thing. It's there is a transformation scene where we see he's in the mirror, and it's not exactly American Werewolves in London, is it? <laughs> well, no, no, but. <laughs> That's not the fairest comparison. That's that's the greatest transformation sequence committed to film. What is a fair comparison then? Well, I mean, it's better than The Wolfman 2010. <laughs> in this same scene that we're talking about, he transforms. His dad is like, what's going on in there, son? Are you alright? Believe me, I'll understand. I know more than you think. The twist reveal, and I think it's actually a really nice aspect to this film. Yeah. Is he opens the door and his dad's a, a wolf as well. Yeah. And is he's there like grinning at him all wolfy. And it's like, oh And he's a big cuddly wolf. It's not just this weird affliction that affliction that's um specific to Michael J. Fox. He is of a lineage of mm. werewolves. I think that's an interesting way to go with it. But I think it would be better if if the opening of the film was Michael J. Fox pissing off an old gypsy woman or something, so that you'd have you'd have reason to perhaps think that it, you know it's something specific to him rather than well, because what we because what we don't get in terms of werewolf shenanigans is him sort of being aggressive and killing people and that sort of thing. He's always very much just. When I'm a werewolf, I'm a bit stronger, a bit faster, and better with the ladies. He's a superhero. Yeah. But he's hairy. <laughs> but frankly, it doesn't matter. It's not like uh, people find him unattractive with all the hair. Well, that's that's the other, the other really interesting way that this film plays. And again, I think it's actually really nice as a dynamic to explore. People just completely accept him. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is set up like, I'm going to be an outcast, we have to keep this a secret... And it's like the end of Iron Man, where Tony Stark goes up and goes, I am Iron Man. And (laughs) you think, oh, interesting. He just goes out and he's like, hey, I'm a wolf. I'm a werewolf. And he's going to parties as a werewolf with sunglasses on, and he's <laughs> he's biting into cans of beer, and 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 he's playing basketball and scoring slam dunks, and all the girls are into him. And that's it. And he it's also a nice idea. He changes right in front of everyone in a kind of. Completely yeah. defying all known rules of biology, kind of way, <laughs> and yeah, nobody even yeah. blinks. It's like, what? He looks a bit weird. What's going on? And then it's like, oh shit, he's good at basketball, though. Look at this guy, fucking hell! It's it's pretty much that immediate. But I think it's nice that they're just so accepting of what he's a wolf. Ah, it's cool. <laughs> and I think it actually, up until this point, it works really nicely with the whole. If not puberty, the whole kind of growing up and and learning to be true to yourself and all that kind of message that's modeled in this film. I think up until this point, it's lovely because he's he's just got a bit of confidence, really. I mean, and superpowers, but... (laughs) That's what I feel like the message of this film is supposed to be. Like, he undergoes this change which makes him so much more confident and able and then the and then the end of the film is like hey that was in you all along you don't have to be the wolf you can just be that anyway and i think that is what they're trying to do but instead of expressing that in a kind of like oh confidence be outgoing kind of way they express that in a very specific you're good at basketball now kind of way <laughs> the, the way they express it is that he wants to take this girl to prom yeah and she's like, I'll go with you, but you have to go as you, not as the wolf. Right, yeah. And he's like, 
I'm nothing if I'm not the wolf. And suddenly it's this entirely different... Again, it's still like being true to yourself, but for that to work, teen wolfism would have to be something that he is actively inflicting upon himself. <laughs> you know? Like a drug that he's come across or something. Which he, he kind of is by that point, because he's in control of it by that point. He's like, he can turn it on and but off it's when him. he wants to. He's born that way. That is who he is. That's him being his true self. He's a teen wolf. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And it doesn't change his personality. It just makes him good at dunking. <laughs> yeah, he's just a bit faster and better at jumping. <sighs> well, that's what I mean. It's, it's a bit of a messy <laughs> nonsense. And I think, yeah, the message is supposed to be be true to yourself. But, like, he wants to play basketball... Anyway, it just means he's better. If anything, it should be a metaphor for like taking drugs, like performance-enhancing drugs, and whether that's fair or not. And and the obvious thing would be he starts to get aggressive or just nasty when he's the wolf. Like there should be some clear negative impact to his personality. What he has is he becomes a bit of an egotistical wanker, and so he just starts, you know, ditching his friends and stuff. But that doesn't seem to be tied to being the wolf. That just seems to be, hey, I'm a popular kid now. But he's popular because he's the wolf. I know, but he is the wolf. (laughs) But it's not something innate about being the wolf, it's just the way people react to him. So if the lesson he learns at the end is, oh, it was in me all along, I can be confident, then people start liking him, he'll be a wanker again. <laughs> That's what I mean, exactly. It's it's a muddled message. It's not, I mean, it's not a good film, Alan, I'm not gonna... It's it's trite, it's, it's so trite, it's like a parody of an 80s high school film, <laughs> because it just yeah. hits so many kind of nonsense things. Like, even the... He's got a friend who's a girl, and she obviously fancies him, but he doesn't seem to pick up on it until, you know, at the end, where she... He has to be himself to win her over. And all that kind of shit. Uh, What else do they do? All the trite stuff. So, oh yeah, the other thing is, uh, and this is something that happens in American teen films a lot, high school films, you know, trying to buy alcohol. That's always a big thing. Oh, God. Which, so it's always like these 26-year-old actors struggling to buy alcohol because they're like, oh, you look so young. Uh, it never worked. They all, they're all five, six years too old. For the hey, Alan, I, hey, Alan, I got ID'd buying beer the other day in a shop. Oh, yeah? I'm 30. I've got a full... I'll tell you what it is. It's because I had a mask on. <laughs> Social oh, yeah. distancing. So I must have very young eyes. Obviously, yeah. It's those Keanu Reeves jeans, isn't it? Young, very yeah, young looking. Yeah. Well, you know what, Alan? Earlier today, I went to see Bill and Ted 3. Oh, yeah, don't spoil it for me. Yeah, and again, I obviously had a mask on going in, and I thought, like, oh, I wonder if... <laughs> like when Tom Cruise went to see Tenet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wonder if they're going to think it's some secret Keanu Reeves <laughs> drop-in on the cinema. Did someone come in, oh, can I get an autograph? I love Father Ted. <laughs> I've got to watch out for that, haven't I? You know, people are going to start... Sorry, this is this is incredibly uh, <laughs> inside diminishing returns for anyone new <laughs> to the show. Uh, what Alan is referencing is that I, I get a lot of comments for looking like Keanu Reeves, but when I am heavier, I look like Graham Linehan, the writer of Father Ted, who has also been thrown out of good graces with uh, society recently. He's a noted J.K. Rowling level transphobe. Anyway, coming up, an exciting interview with Jeff Davis, the creator <laughs> oh, yeah, of Team Oh yeah, I forgot Wolf. about him. Hey, Alan. Hmm? He also created Criminal Minds. What's that? The long-running CBS crime drama, Criminal Minds. 
Sounds good. So, <laughs> go back to Teen Wolf. We have talked on here about how films can influence young people in a in a dangerous way with the Chucky films and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, right? Press is always all over Chucky because kids are going around murdering people all the time. Let me ask you, how do you feel about car surfing? <laughs> I think it's extremely dangerous, and I don't think they should make it look so cool in these films. <sighs> because in this film, he's got a van. He's a cool kid. He's got a van. And his mate Styles, and then later him as a wolf, just stand on the roof of the van while it's careering down the highway, uh, you know, surfing and looking cool. They brace themselves as though they're on a surfboard. And, yeah, and then play the Beach Boys. I mean, they, they probably say, like, hang ten, dude, or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, he fell over and went, oh, wipe out. They should have had one of the characters get thrown off the roof and <laughs> severely mangled, and then he could be like, good thing I'm a wolf, unlike <laughs> everyone at home, so don't do this at home. Well, do you know, Sol, when I was when I was 16, a friend of mine was car surfing and fell off. What, so is this a real thing that happened in the 80s? Well, it wasn't the 80s, I'm not that old. Because people didn't have video games yet. It was in the year 2000. <laughs> what? Yeah, a, a, when a, a friend of mine, yeah, he was car surfing, apparently that's the thing you do, fell off, smashed his head open and died. And now I'm not saying he watched Teen Wolf, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I am saying that there was no press coverage regarding the Teen Wolf. I'm, I might have to ask Jeff Davis about this, see if he's, if he's, if he, if he is uh, promoting car surfing as well. Did they do that in the TV show? Uh, not in the first episode that I watched. <laughs> so they watched the one episode. Okay. But yeah, car surfing is very dangerous, uh, so don't do it, kids. It's probably quite cool, though. It's probably a, a very fun experience. It's like the only other scene I remember from the film. And I watched this film earlier this week, like two or three days ago. Like, you know, just let's make that clear. It's not like I'm trying to remember this from <laughs> when it came out in 1985. It's... But I will say, I will say, I also watched Teen Wolf 2, and the act of watching Teen Wolf 2 somewhat erased Teen Wolf from my memory. <laughs> so, the other thing, right, when he becomes the wolf and he's supposed to be, like, much cooler and, like, uh, just, like, teen cool kind of thing. Yeah. he It just means... And, and ultimately, we, we have to think he's a bit of a prick because of all that, and so he goes back. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. he actually does is he just acts more like Styles, his mate. Uh, and it's pretty much just becomes more like him. But that's a character we've already sort of grown to like. He's cool and very outgoing and gregarious. He's like quite a cool character and everyone seems to like him. Is it this one or Teen Wolf 2 <laughs> where he's wearing that, that character, like either him or equivalent <laughs> is wearing a t-shirt that says what are you looking at, Dick Nose? <laughs> yes, that's the first film. He has a selection of comedy t-shirts. It's part of his but, personality. But what is what is that t-shirt? What is the joke there? The dick. It's like me putting a t-shirt on that just says, shut the fuck up, fuck face. Yeah, that'd be quite funny though if you did that. <laughs> it would, it would actually. We should sell these. Official <laughs> Diminishing Returns merch t-shirts. <laughs> White text on a black background that just says, go fuck yourself, you silly prick. <laughs> uh, okay, there's a, there's a great line in Teen Wolf. I think you'll appreciate this, Sol. It's very meaningful. Uh, it's when his dad's talking to him about, you know, what it's like being a wolf. Yeah. And he says, with great power goes a greater responsibility. <laughs> I think this is a really succinct line. I don't know if you could phrase that better in any way, but 
<laughs> I think it really nails it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, of course, six, seven years. Sorry, six, seventeen years. Before, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you meant. <laughs> before Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man came out. But, of course, the whole great power, great responsibility thing, I believe, is taken from the Spider-Man comics from the 60s. I believe it was taken directly for this script. And I believe the Spider-Man comics were themselves paraphrasing something much more highbrow, like... uh... It was from Mein Kampf, wasn't it? (laughs) No? I think that's what it was. Right, cut cut this shit out when Jeff Davis is on, alright? None of this. <laughs> oh, look at you, you want to impress your new Hollywood friend. <laughs> what what happens at the end of this film is he you know, he's he acts like a dick while he's a wolf because he gets popular and then but then it's not like he kind of quite learns that oh I shouldn't do that because it's hurting my friends. It's more that the popular kids start kind of getting bored of him, and so he has to go back to his friends, but, you know, it's kind of played as if he's learned a lesson, goes yeah. back and goes back to his basketball team, but he doesn't go as the wolf, which means he just has to be himself and play, play his little heart out. Yeah. And of course they win the big championship yeah, game. E- even though he was terrible at basketball. Yeah, we established it's not just that they weren't that good, they were terrible, that, that was the whole point. Yeah. And all the rest of the team have got better in the meantime as well, yeah. apparently. Don't even give us the courtesy of a montage to show that. And and you know that that's not to say there aren't plenty of montages in this movie set to a variety. <laughs> There's more in Teen Wolf too, to be fair, but they are set to a an inexplicable variety of '80s songs. It, it's like now hits of the '80s CD. <laughs> There's no reason or rhyme or tonal consistency or anything it's just like hey that's a popular song from the 80s sounds a bit gothy this one are we going for like a goth audience ah it's fine put it in we got some oingo boingo in there we'll get some uh we'll get some nice girl bands (laughs) what what happens at the end is they win the big championship game so he's cool anyway even though he's only himself even though that doesn't really make any sense on a practical level he believes in himself and somehow that makes him good Better at a physical activity. Yeah. 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 Uh, in which he's not particularly built for, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, maybe he got a lot more in shape just doing all the exercise as a wolf. Yeah. Maybe that kind of worked his muscles out, got him a bit better, yeah. gave him a bit of muscle memory. Um, I, I've only got one other, other note to touch on for Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. And that is that repeatedly, particularly at the start of the film, before he realises that he's a wolf, he kind of does this scary wolf growl. Um, yeah. it, kind of, it, it often like when he's buying beer, and like his eyes go all scary and and red. And... <laughs> well, you know, you know, wolves have red eyes, right? Bright, yeah, yeah, glowing yeah, glow, eyes, yeah. yeah. But then there's this this scary wolf growl noise. It must have been the seventh time they used it when I realised it was supposed to be a wolf growling and not like an upset <laughs> stomach. Forget it, dork. <laughs> 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 I mean, genuinely, I thought it's like, oh, this being a wolf's giving him a dicky tummy, and he, because the noise is this kind of. I'm a werewolf. It like it, it doesn't sound like he's having a good time, and I suppose that just speaks to the quality of this film overall. You know, it's um, even the sound mixes. 
inexplicable and half-assed. So, I spoke about how I've already seen this film, and I hated it when I first saw it. Back when I first saw Mm. it, I gave it a 4 out of 10. Oh, yeah. I did get a bit more out of it on the rewatch, as I say. I went in with such low expectations, but I thought, you know what? There's a charm to it, Mm. as as shambolically assembled as it is. Uh, So I I very generously, I think, bumped my rating up to a 5 out of 10, which is what I'm giving Teen Wolf. Well, I think that is very generous. I kept my rating the same as it was. I thought it was awful. I gave it a 2 out of 10. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. So there you go. Coming up, Alan. Yeah. An exciting interview (laughs) with Jeff Davis, the creator of Teen Wolf. We've established that Teen Wolf was a great success. You loved it. We just slagged off Teen Wolf. Um, The year after Teen Wolf, uh they debuted a, I'm guessing, Saturday morning cartoon based on the film. Right. I didn't know anything about this. Uh, Well, I figured if we're having Jeff Davis, the creator of Teen Wolf, the TV show on, I should should check this out. We should talk about TV shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just as part of the lineage. Yeah, I mean, it it is your bog-standard Saturday morning 80s cartoon. There's really nothing particularly remarkable about it, other than Frank Welker as the voice of Daisy the Sheepdog. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> the dad is played by James Hampton, who is the dad in the film. So they've, that oh, really, is seems he? to be right. the only uh, yeah. repeat uh, actor. He, he never let go of the franchise. He was... To the bitter yeah. end. Yeah, I mean, it's very—it's certainly Michael J. Fox's likeness. That's to the extent that you could capture a person's likeness with the kind of crappy 1980s <laughs> animation style. Sorry, I'm just looking at the cast list here. Styles is played by Ralph Malf off Happy Days. <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah, Don Most. Oh, wow. Now, the, really, I mean, the only notable thing, I watched an episode of this earlier, and the only notable thing for me was the opening titles. Right. The opening title sequence is fucking brilliant. It, it, it It's a theme tune that sounds very similar to um, one of the Scooby-Doo series that was on at the similar similar era, like n- the new Scooby-Doo adventures or something. But there was a point in the 80s when all the cartoons went very um, funky, but with a bit of soul influence. <laughs> Can you do it for me? Can you do it now? They both sound like... Ding, 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 ding. No. <laughs> I was waiting for the next riff. Beware, Scott. Oh! When the moon is full. Oh no, not again. It's a hairy situation. I'll die if anyone sees me like this. Hey man, say, don't be shy if it happens to you. <sighs> Hi, Grandpa. Good morning, Scotty. It's fun being different if you have a healthy Dude. Only my friends Booth and Styles know my hairy secret. Ding, 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 And then the Scooby-Doo one that went, Scooby, Scrappy's gonna get you. Come on, Scooby, where you been? Trouble's on the loose again. Scooby, they're not gonna get you. Scooby-Doo. Uh-uh, Scrappy's gonna help you. And I kept waiting for that to happen on Team Wolf, but I think it just goes ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> Team Wolf. I'm a Team Wolf. I'm on a howl today. Team Wolf on a howl today. Today. Werewolf family? You 
But um, honestly, check out the opening titles because there's some absolutely gloriously nostalgic rotoscoping. There's this like really trippy. I'm I'm guessing it's footage of Michael J. Fox in the movie that they've just kind of drawn <laughs> over the top of. It might just be they got some actor to put on a wolf mask and look like he's brushing his teeth or something, put on some sunglasses and they've animated it. I don't know, but it's this really like cool, trippy bit of animation and the on, music's I'm, cool. I'm pulling up the video now. I'm going to yeah, see watch uh, it. Because oh, I've got no audio, so it's just the visual. Well, I'll, I'll do the audio while you watch it. I'm <laughs> play. Okay, it's... <laughs> It's starting now. Ding ding do do do. Oh, there's a wolf howling. I can see that. He's turning into a wolf. He's a team wolf. He's a team wolf. Team wolf. Yeah. Oh wait, the weird rotoscoping has started. Now isn't that something? Yeah, it keeps cutting back to yeah, a weirdly animated thing. Like, it's not in the style of the show. Because it's showing clips from the show. Well, it's, it's a much lower frame rate. But it's like a, it's like an aha music video or something. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. It's great, though. I, I think it's really cool. It's um, He looks substantially more like a Teen Wolf than <laughs> sort of Ape Man that he was in the movie. This is stupid. This main character looks too old as well. Anyway, that's that's the Team Wolf cartoon, and there's not really much else to say about it. It is like bog standard 1980s cartoon. There's not, it's not like a particularly good cartoon, but there was nothing wrong with it. You know, it was just crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fill the time. You know, fill the schedule. So then. Someone came up with the great idea of making a sequel. Yeah, well, I'm guessing Michael J. Fox was like, what, another one of those pieces of shit? You're having a laugh. I'm making Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he particularly enjoyed the Teen Wolf experience. Uh, so then we get to Teen Wolf 2, which is yeah. an infamous film for yes. a number of reasons. It is on IMDb's bottom-rated movies of all time. Yeah. It's number 85. Now... I know we have covered one film on the bottom hundred before. Are there any others? We we in the past we covered Son of the Mask as part of our mask episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just looking now to see if we've covered any other any others on this podcast. Oh, we covered Cats on the Diminisode. <laughs> oh, is that on there? <laughs> Cats is firmly on there, number twenty five. <laughs> it was shit. I mean, yeah, justifiably so. Uh, we've covered Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nicolas Cage movie Left Behind, we've covered that. Yeah. We we have, of course, covered The Room. We did an episode all about The Room. We did. We have covered the 1990 Captain America movie, very briefly, in our Captain America episode. Oh yeah, I watched that. Uh, we've, we've actually covered a lot of these. We covered Dragon Wars very briefly. I spoke about it in... I think it ended up being one of our outtakes episodes, but there's a clip of me telling your brother about Dragon Wars. Uh, Batman and Robin, Jaws 3D. So yeah, actually quite a lot of films on here that we've spoken about on the podcast, and quite a lot that we are going to talk about at some point on this podcast, because there's <laughs> you know, there's Superman 4 on here, and Speed 2, oh, yeah. and um, you know, I'm sure we'll get to these. Uh, there is also on here, Alan, you'll be pleased to know, Holmes and Watson. <laughs> We've covered we, that. We have. We did a little free diminisode uh, available on our. I think you have to go to our SoundCloud to find that. Anyway, Teen Wolf Two. The point I'm making is that it is famously terrible, like famously really bad mm-hmm. film. 
Are you going to come out swinging for this one as well? I don't think it's anywhere close to being one of the hundred worst movies ever made. I will say that much. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's fair. But at the same time, the rating I gave it on IMDb is lower than the score it has on IMDb and will therefore be helping to lower (laughs) its score even further. So... So the first thing I notice when this film comes up... Is it that Jason Bateman really, really grew into that face? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! Before all that, before that, he's quite a good-looking man nowadays, isn't he, Jason Bateman? He's a, he's a, you know, ladies love him. But I mean, back then, he's got a, he's got a very odd face. But it's that classic teenage face thing, isn't it? Because but he looks young. That's the, that's what I really liked about this. Because he is actually the right age. He looks like an eighteen-year-old because he is. Yeah, and that was actually a big plus for me compared to the last film. I actually like, yeah, he looks like a young kid, and that's going to help sell what his character mm. does. But yeah, you can tell he's not kind of quite aged out yet. Yeah. But no, the first thing I noticed as what? the the opening credits was a Kent Bateman production starring <laughs> Jason Bateman. What an odd coincidence. <laughs> The, produ- the producer of this film, but not involved in the first film, so I'm not quite sure what the connection there is, but the producer of this first film, Kent Bateman, is Jason Bateman's father. So, <laughs> nothing nepotistic about that at all. Now, you, you, you spoke about the complete and utter lack of notable cast members in the first film. Yes. With Jason Bateman, I think we've matched Michael J. Fox. I, I really like Jason Bateman. I prefer Michael J. Fox, but... It's not a fair comparison, is it? As a general rule, or on these films specifically? As a general rule, I, I what I love with Jason Bateman is, I mean, he's he's known. Uh, you complained about Michael J. Fox for being the same in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Jason Bateman is known for that. You know, he he just kind of he kind of rolls with the punches with his performances, and it's just kind of like, okay, so we're doing that now, all right? Okay, all right. Well, let's see how we do with that, shall we? I don't know. There's like it just it just flows. <laughs> endless stream of just his performances give the impression of verbal diarrhea as though none of it was scripted and i mean this in a good way like i i genuinely you know i i yeah i think you you pick up an episode of arrested development and compare it to an episode of ozark and right there you've got this is a man who who dials up and down his performance quite remarkably i i i think it's you know i think he's a really fantastic actor um <laughs> you said that with such conviction well I, I i'm aware that it might sound <laughs> like i'm doing a bit and i'm not i genuinely i think he's great but it is obviously he is not a character actor but again much like growing into his face i would say he's not grown into his personality either because <laughs> there's none of that there's none of that kind of casual all right so i'm a wolf all right well you're just gonna have to roll with me being a wolf buddy all right you know there's none of that in this film it's just like <laughs> i'm a wolf oh no <laughs> that's it so that's your, uh, impression there. so jason bateman's in it but well do you know what i like jason bateman in this i find him a very likable presence in a similar kind of Michael J. Fox way, and I think that's kind of what the film is asking for. And and let's be, this film is very much just a basic retread of the first film. It's not trying to do anything new or different. Well, you're about this is Teen Wolf goes to college. Well, exactly. That's it. And it like it it does feel like it could have been written as a straight sequel, and then they've gone out. Oh, so it's the cousin, right? Whatever. Hey, hang on. Are you familiar with a show, Alan, called Big Wolf on Campus? <laughs> 
No, but I already know what exactly what it is. <laughs> For some reason, I'm very familiar with Big Wolf on campus. I think they used to show it. I think there was a point on like Saturday morning kids TV during, or or not, you know, maybe during the summer holidays where the kids TV would kind of end and they transition into like young adult TV, and that's the point that Big Wolf on campus would come on. I think it was actually a Canadian show, but I've just I've just remembered Big Wolf on campus, and that's uh, interesting, isn't it? Because it's the same premise as Teen Wolf Two. And is it about a wolf? A guy goes to college and he's a werewolf. And that's it. So I wonder if it was. I wonder if Jeff Davis was involved. That's all. Um. Well, I'm looking up Big Wolf on campus now. Well, this was made in 1999. Uh, creator Peter Knight. So he he beat Jeff Davis to stealing this idea for TV. But he he had the smart idea of just calling it something else so he doesn't have to pay any royalties. Genius. Jeff Davis interview coming up. Our interview with creator of Teen Wolf, Jeff Davis. Jason Bateman is in Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> but you know who else is in Teen Wolf 2? I do. One of my one of genuinely one of my all-time favorites. More so than Jason Bateman, like a, an actor I love, and you know exactly who I'm talking about, yeah. don't you, Alan? Uh, John Astin, the yeah. original Gomez Adams from the Adams family, is uh, the dean of the campus, which is really nice bit of casting. I think he's only in about three scenes. I my my note was, oh, John Astin, that's good. There's a couple of moments where it's like, oh, that's great bit of John Astin, but it really does not feel like they've made the most of having him there it's such a generic crap part they've not really let him off the leash it just feels like you could just let him go a bit crazy on it yeah john astin's great and he's usually the highlight of everything he's in to be honest i don't think that's much of an exaggeration to say because he's not usually going up against jason bate he did of course go up against michael j fox though in the frighteners oh but yeah i don't know it, it, he just gets wasted here but he's barely in it and you know i, I get the impression he was a big a big get for them <laughs> on teen wolf 2 so well it's got to be like what's he doing in teen wolf 2 he should be in teen wolf at least <laughs> like yeah. if you yeah must have put all the money into john astin yeah well he he does this though he pops up john astin in just sequels to 80s comedy movies he was also in european vacation in a notable supporting <laughs> role the worst vacation movie um that's it though there's there's no one else notable in the cast is there apart from a few returning faces from the first film kim kim darby was kind of notable of a of a fashion you know kim darby nope she plays the biology teacher, like the teacher that he looks up to in some respects, and she's really weird, and like, you think, is she an actor? Because she doesn't seem like an actor, it's really odd. But yeah, she's in True Grit, like, that's that's what she's known for. She, so she's the main girl in that, so that was a oh. big thing. Well, I've seen her in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, oh, well, yeah, I've seen that as well, I suppose. Better Off Dead, I've seen her in Better Off Dead, with uh, John Cusack, who, who must, must have been on a list to uh, pick up the mantle of Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't he? Right age. He'll be the guy that... Was it Kevin Bateman? What was his name? <laughs> Kent Bateman. He'll be he'll be the guy that Kent Bateman got to come and read in so he could say it wasn't nepotism and Jason Bateman uh, <laughs> like got the role legitimately after auditioning. Do you know that his... Kent Bateman's other child, Justine Bateman. Yeah, yeah. She was in... Uh, she was an established actor at the time with uh, Michael J. Fox. Oh, really? Because she's the one of the main cast in uh, Family Ties. I think she's the sister of Michael J. Fox, perhaps. 
Like, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the show, so I'm not sure. But she's like the main, one of the main family, like he is. Well, I I, I know her from uh, Arrested Development. She plays the Bluth sister that they dig up right. near the end of the original run. So yeah, there's another connection to Michael J. Fox there. I mean, this is this is the thing. We're like playing six degrees of. Michael J. Fox. It's surprisingly easy. <laughs> Shall I just throw some names at you, see if you can do it? <laughs> okay. Nathan Lane. <laughs> that one's easy. Come on, I can do that for you right now. Can you? Go on. They were both in Stuart Little. Nathan Lane voiced the cat, didn't he? Mm, okay. I'll, I'll believe that. Alright. Bill Murray. Okay, Bill Murray to Michael J. Fox. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to think. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> he was in Ghostbusters. Yes, Michael J. Fox is in the Frighteners with ghosts. <laughs> is Dan Aykroyd not in the Frighteners? It seems like he would have been like in one scene where he runs in and goes, "Who are you going to call?" and then, like <laughs> runs off. I, I know he's done that bit in about five other ghost movies. Oh no! <laughs> Bill Murray is in Dumb and Dumber Two. Is he? Apparently, it says here he played Ice Pick. I'm looking at his IMDb. I mean, if you want to just make this easy, I'm sure Michael J. Fox must have been on Saturday Night Live at some point. Bill Murray is in is in Dumb and Dumber Two, yeah, which of course spelt the two T O, <laughs> and Teen Wolf Two spells it T O O, yeah. And I think they're the only notable films to do that. <laughs> really? So that's a connection, isn't it? Look who's talking to. Oh god, that. Well, at least that one makes sense. At least that one is like, a, like, oh, he's talking too. There's another baby talking. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, makes sense. But what does Teen Wolf Two mean? He's Teen Wolf Two. Is that the no? He's name? a Teen Wolf a as well. Teen... Yeah, Teen Wolf also. Terrible name. <laughs> it's one of the worst names for a film that has ever existed. All right. Bill Murray is in Fantastic Mr. Fox, and and Mike, Michael J. Fox is Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> he is a Fantastic Mr. Fox. How many degrees of separation do we need? Because I've got one. I think the game is to do it in six, isn't it? Six degrees of, but... Well, I can do it in two. All right, that's better. That's even better. Michael J. Fox is in Mars Attacks. Yeah. Which is directed by Tim Burton, who also directed Ed Wood. Mm. Which has Bill Murray in it. <laughs> Are you allowed to do it with behind the camera people? Oh, well, why not? If it's Tim Burton. All right, then pick an actor that's in both of them. Danny DeVito bound to be in both of them. <laughs> oh, Sarah Jessica Parker is in Mars Attacks as well. And she is definitely in Edward. There you go. I've done it with actors. Okay. <laughs> You've got to give it to me. Come on. All right. Stop trying to cheat me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fair play. Well done. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Trying to think of something nice to say about Teen Wolf 2. I, I understand that Michael J. Fox isn't coming back, but how come the bloke who played Styles was too busy to come and do Teen Wolf 2? What's that about? Because yeah. <laughs> they've got a new Styles. it's the same character but a different actor, and he just doesn't have the same energy, he's not really going for it. And the other character they bring back is the Chubby, which is, I assume, the nickname for the fat one. Um, but that is the same actor. Now, the, the crucial difference between Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2 is that in Teen Wolf, he plays basketball. In Teen Wolf 2, he does boxing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's nice that they at least made that token effort to m- mix it up a bit. I think they could have at least, well, chosen a team sport, maybe, because they try and make it about the team, like, oh, we are, but they're all fighting separately. Yeah, but Alan, really it's really Teen Wolf, not Team Wolf. Uh, I'd, I'd lay money that whoever wrote this and made this film 
has never seen anyone box or knows anything about boxing or even understands the concept of boxing because it's so badly handled. And I don't know much about boxing. And it does exactly the same shtick as the first film in which he goes into the big fight at the end just as himself, not as the wolf, so that he can learn a lesson and he still manages to win. He gets the shit kicked out of him for about 10 minutes and then suddenly turns it around. I'll tell you what this does differently to the first film. The first film, he doesn't know he's a wolf. And it's played like a mystery for 20 minutes, what's happening to him. In this film, he knows... he He's the the cousin of Michael J. Fox's character, That's is that right, correct? That's right, yeah. So the dad is there. Initially, I thought he had just they just recast the character with. Well, that's obviously it was written as the same character, and they've just changed it. Because if you change the character to someone else, it might as well be in high school again, not going off to college. But yeah. but anyway, yeah. It's his, so his it's his uncle, the dad from the first film, coming back to drive him off to college. He doesn't know he's a wolf. He knows it's in the family, but he's like, but no, it's not. It's passed me over. It doesn't affect me. So that when it first happens, he's like, oh no, I'm a wolf. It is obviously been written as the same character and then they've just gone, oh, we can't get the same guy back. Shall we say it's his brother? No, I would have mentioned a brother in the previous film. A cousin? Yeah, yeah, cousin. Can we make that work? Yeah, dad's the uncle. Job done. The other notable difference between this and the first film is that this has... A song and dance number? Yeah, an inexplicable... (laughs) In the middle of it? Song and dance in the middle where he sings... What is the song? Remind me. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That one. But yeah, there is a song and dance number to show how cool he is at the the college kegger. Which... I didn't hate because he because he because he's a wolf in a suit at this point, and that's kind of cool. That's like that's like Tex Avery cartoons, you know. I was, I was waiting for him to see a woman in a red dress and his eyes to bulge out of his head and his tongue to fall down to his feet. What I didn't like about that is that he's obviously cool. He's having a good time. He's in his being fun, and everyone's getting on board with it. And then the love interest girl, she kind of comes out and sees him and she's like, oh, God's sake, as if, look at this twat. That doesn't work, because, like, let him be a twat. Like, let him be popular and then it goes to his head and he becomes a bit of a an egomaniac. Like, that's the plot line. But she just sort of thinks he's a knob straight away. But it's like, he's having a laugh, leave him alone. It's just because he's not being a science nerd with you all the time. Looking at the soundtrack here, I believe there are... No less, if you include that, there are no less than seven egregious musical montage sequences. <laughs> 80s songs set over <laughs> pointless montages to pad out the time. Yeah, it's very much the Rocky Four school of filmmaking, I think. Mm, it's boxing film. I, one of my problems with this film, compared to the first one to say it's doing exactly the same thing, is that even more so in this one, I don't know why it's bad that he's a wolf. Like, in the first one, they at least managed to make it apparent that because he's a wolf and he's become very popular, he's being a dick to all his old friends and he needs to kind of stop being a dick. But in this one, it just makes him really cool. He's a nice guy. He's going out dating. And the only problem, really, is that this other girl who likes him is getting jealous because he's, like, hanging out with other girls. He's dancing with a, quote-unquote, like, hot, popular girl. Yeah. 
And then he turns into the wolf and she's like, Ew, I was dancing with a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, she's got the voice. Yeah, you're right. So that so that's a little moment of negativity. But yeah, you're right. Once they're familiar with the idea of teen wolves in this area. Because inexplicably it never gets picked up on the news whenever there's a werewolf. <laughs> it's like the local community in these films will go, Oh yeah, he's a wolf, he's a wolf, that's just fine. Hey, we don't judge around here. Yeah, the friends from the first film have like tracked him down because they know that it's gonna be cool and they're off. well that doesn't did they ever explain that because they were friends with michael j fox in teen wolf his character and so in this film they were like this is his cousin yeah. let's enroll in this college in the hopes that his cousin who will also be enrolling there also will turn into a teen wolf and we can be mates with someone really cool again yeah and be like popular kids that's now, exactly correct yes that's a that's making a few assumptions you know a lot of work for what could have been no payoff whatsoever but yeah. also what like why aren't they mates with michael j fox anymore he's dead uh got shot he was, he was shot bullet. by a silver bullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah classic. But yeah, well, yeah, that's obviously just crap writing to fill out the fact that it's a different actor. But yeah, th- but then you know he becomes popular. If you were going to do it with the same actor, the same character, it, you're going through the same story. So it's the same characters played by one of the same actors and a different actor. <laughs> you might as well yeah. have just written two brand new characters who are basically the same and one of them's played by an actor who was in the first film in a kind of... Oh, it's his twin brother, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would work better. That would work. He's like, oh, I know about this. My twin brother was at school with someone who was a wolf. Apparently it was really cool. Yeah. So that doesn't work <laughs> because they're also like... Oh, I can't believe it. He got cool and then he ditched us and now we're upset about it. That's exactly what happened with the last one. I can't believe that's happened again. <sighs> it's just so pathetic and trite. I, I have nothing else to say about this film. It it just <laughs> it just came and went when I put it on. It was like, this is really bad. But it wasn't bad in a, oh my god, this is embarrassingly made kind of way. It was bad in a just completely, this is nothing and it's... evaporated from my memory kind of way there's just nothing happening kind of way like it wasn't boring it was so nothing either it was it was nothing because it was bad it was just the writing's just pathetic it's not trying anything but that but that's what i mean it like to me really bad is like a swing and a miss you you go and watch Mm. you know people trying to be funny and failing and this was just like nothing it just wasn't even that. I've got a, I've got a quote here. I wrote down a quote here, which I think sums the film up very well. Um, it's when the girl is talking to him and she's like trying to get him to come back to like who he was before. Yeah, yeah. And she says, I miss the old Todd. What happened to him? And he replies, I turned into a werewolf. And that level of <laughs> those layers <laughs> of subtlety there really that sums it up for me yeah. <laughs> it's like what happened to him well i turned into a werewolf yeah oh yeah that's it, it that's it straight down the line it's not a metaphor he turned into a werewolf that changed his life for a while then he goes back and wins the boxing yeah why did jeff davis watch this and think that's why i want to build a tv show that's what i'm gonna ask him like, what were you thinking well so listener right now we will give our ratings to teen wolf 2 no, I didn't just give Teen Wolf 2 out of 10. I'm talking about the ratings for Teen Wolf 2. I gave Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> then we will go to our exciting interview we've been teasing with 
Jeff Davis, the creator of Teen Wolf and Criminal Minds. By the way, Sol, have you watched any of the Teen Wolf TV series? Because I didn't bother, because it looks shit. I, <laughs> I watched episode one. No, you know what? I'm jumping ahead here. We'll come back to Teen Wolf 2. This is basically all I'm going to say about the Teen Wolf TV series. Taking it at its level, which is a teen drama for MTV, it, it seemed pretty decent. It's not something yeah. I would ever choose to watch, but for what it is, it seemed alright. It, 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 it seemed a lot more competently put together than other Teen Wolf projects. Okay, so Teen Wolf 2. Let's round up here. Pretty terrible, but I don't think it's one of the hundred worst films of all time. Uh, I gave it a three out of ten. Mm. Well, I I would kind of agree. I don't think it's one of the worst films of all time, but it's certainly not good. I gave Teen Wolf two two out of ten. Would you Would you agree that it is worse than the first film? Because you also gave that a two out of ten. Do you know what that that two, as opposed to a one out of ten, there is pretty much entirely based on the likability of Jason Bateman. Just because I think he's just a charming little presence in the center of it all and plays a teen very well because he's a teen. Mm. Like if this was the first one of the two, I would say this is better. But as it's the second one, it's just rehashing it in an even worse way. Like yeah, you can't really say it's better than yeah. Team Wolf two out of ten. That's what I call it. Let's talk to this Jeff Davis bloke then. All right, let's get him on. I'm excited, Alan. I'm really excited. This is Jeff Davis, the creator of MTV's Teen Wolf. So here we are. It's the the big, exciting interview that we've been teasing throughout this episode. Mm. Jeff Davis is with us. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, I, I enjoy your show. I've only listened to about 25, 30 seconds of it, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's the best bit that we sent you, though. So obviously, we've been talking about Teen Wolf on this episode already. So just mm. straight up. The film. The film. What, yeah. What, what do you think of the movie? I haven't, you know, I haven't seen it in some time, but uh, there's certainly, if you can judge a good movie by, by how many scenes and lines of dialogue you remember after... 30 years or whenever it was I saw it last. I think that's a mark of a good film. There's so many indelible visuals yeah. and moments and lines that even if I think if you saw it once when it was in theaters, it's going to stay with you for some reason. It's, 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 I mean, maybe I was the right age to have been into that movie a lot and probably saw yeah. it four or five times. Well, we've, we've just been saying the same thing, haven't we? So we've been talking about it. Very memorable. Well, that's definitely what we, we said. Um, but yeah, you were, a, you were a teen yourself uh, when it came out. Did you see it at the theater? I'm, I certainly saw it at the theater. I can't remember where I would have been at the time, but... I remember seeing it in the theater, and then I remember, I probably saw it a few times in the theater, come to think of it, because it was one of those things that if you were in, you know, if you were a youngster, you were in school, like, uh, what was I, elementary school, when that came out, uh, something like that, uh, you had to know that movie. I, I, I wonder, though, like, looking back at some of those teen comedies, some of them, going back and re-watching them recently, they don't really hold up in the way that you thought they would. Because, like, yeah. for, for instance, Revenge of the Nerds, I, I remember oh, one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that movie is rapey. That, that movie does not yeah. there, there is an enjoyed rape scene. It's like a Sam Peckinpah movie, all of a sudden. <laughs> I wonder if I will go back and re-watch the film, Teen Wolf, and go, oh boy, that doesn't, that's not kind of a Me Too nightmare. 
There isn't much of that. Yeah, on that side of things, I'd say. Yeah, so actually actually, he, he, well. he doesn't wolf out and try to throw one to Booth at some point or whatever her name was? <laughs> no, it's actually quite innocent. Like, he's always a bit of a stumbling teen kind of thing. The one issue that you had with <coughs> Alan was the car surfing thing, where they yeah. they stand on the roof of a van and pretend to surf just because you thought it was quite... very dangerous. They shouldn't be encouraging <laughs> yeah. the, the because I, to do that. I, I knew people that did that and went to the hospital, like, severely, like, major head injury. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was that was Snap. that might have been irresponsible filmmaking. And I'm sure there's none of that in the TV series. Yeah, I, would, I don't think so. Lycanthropy is clearly an idea that has, you know, captured the human imagination. It's cited throughout history as early as 27 AD. Uh, I was reading earlier, and and the concept transcends cultures. It's appeared in in some form in every continent around the world at some point. What made you feel, Jeff, that a teen drama was you know, the, the next logical place to continue this tradition in the modern age. You mean, the, well, I'm sorry, what, what do you mean? Um, I, I, don't, I don't follow you. Which teen drama are you talking about? Uh, teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. The TV yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no, I, I've never seen it. Oh, well, I mean... I hate, I hate watching myself. Oh, no. my own work. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm an actor too, Alan. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Jeff B. Davis the, uh, from, um, from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I often get confused on Twitter and on social media as being the Jeff Davis who apparently is the creator of the TV show. Is that why, is that why I'm here? So? Um, yeah. See, I've, I've been nothing to do with this. So Sol's spoken to you. He's dealt with all this. So you're telling me that he's got the wrong Jeff Davis? I thought he knew that he was talking to comedian Jeff, Jeff Davis. See, that's, what, that's all of our emails sounded like he was talking to... Jeff B. Davis, uh, out of work uh, improviser, not very well, wealthy I, TV show creator. Jeff <coughs> I, I was wondering what you wanted to be on here, but I thought maybe you wanted to just kind of riff and do like jokes about the film or something like that. But here's the thing, guys. I, if I, I don't want to waste your time, and I, I know I'm kind of embarrassed, but I get I get I get conf I get confused with him all the time on Twitter, and I tell people all the time I'm not the other Jeff Davis. I'm this guy because he's wisely not on Twitter because his fans are all crazy people. Whose line fans don't give me weekly death threats in 15 different languages? I really am getting like threatened. Uh, I looked up one that I could tell was uh, in Turkish. And so I put it into translate, like Google translate. And a guy was threatening to drink my blood if I didn't ship two of the characters, like get two of the characters to bang each other. I mean, so that, that might be a wolf thing though, drinking blood. Right. Yeah. I, I think he was being on brand, but I think I, I also get like, a, like straight up death threats for ruining the show or not having to do two characters fall in love. If I get I've, I've had a few drinks. I, I, I get this on Twitter all the time. I'll, I'll just be Jeff Davis. You ask, you, you go ahead and just do the interview like I'm the, I'm the actual guy. I'm happy to answer your Teen Wolf questions as the other Jeff Davis. Okay, well, okay. have you actually, but you've never actually seen it? I've never seen it. I don't know. All I know is there's a, I know a couple of the names of the characters because they're supposed to be fucking in this show and I haven't been doing my job apparently. No way, it's more than I know, I haven't watched it. You guys fire away your Teen Wolf questions and I will do my best Jeff Davis impression. Okay, great, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll edit that out. As far as I'm concerned, cut all this out and just proceed as though you've got the actual guy, who cares? Yeah. Right, 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 yeah, okay, let's start again. We'll just start, start, start from scratch. I don't know, maybe there's, there's a libel situation there or an uh, identity theft thing, I don't know. You guys will have to deal with the legal stuff on your side. I mean, we, we always say if, if we can get sued on this show, brilliant. That's our, that's our main publicity gimmick, yeah. Okay, yeah, gonna, yeah. okay cut, we, we cut this out and we go ahead and I'll, I, I do my best to get you guys sued.
I, I, I love the integrity of your podcast, you guys, where you just you just really don't obey any law. Fantastic. Oh, I mean, we've done this before. We we had um, we had a couple of guys on called Thomas Turgoose and Andrew Ellis, who were in this film. This is England, and they yeah. both they were just uh, a couple of actors like that so, I know. Yeah, yeah, we just got a couple <laughs> yeah, of mates. To, yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. It's the best way to get celebrity guests. Just fake it. I mean, yeah, it's, we we should have Brad Pitt on next week. To be honest, <laughs> depending on how this goes down. Uh, we had we've had Randy Newman on. We had Werner Herzog. I mean, we've represented fake people all the time, so that's fine. Fire awake, because I have to get back to season uh, 14 of Teen Wolf, the TV show. Uh, it's a busy schedule today. Of course, yes, of course. Is it still on? I'm pretty sure it's still going. Uh, there was rumors about it being canceled, but I think we're, uh, we're reviving it in an uh, animated form until the, uh, until the COVID restrictions are lifted. So it's going to be a very adult uh, animated series, probably for about six, ten episodes. It's going to be cutting edge stuff. We we hope, uh, and the network's been right behind us. People that come to the show for the for the wolf on wolf action, for the violence, for the teen sex, for all the things that you've come to love after X amount of seasons of uh, Teen Wolf. Uh, yeah. you're, still, you're still going to get that, but it's going to be a cartoon now. The uh, the original movie there was actually a, a cartoon spin-off of that back in there the was, 80s. so I, it's, I, it's completely on brand isn't it it's, see I, it's going to be nothing like that because i watched that and that was so completely not what i'm trying to do that to me was making fun of wolf people uh yeah. teen or otherwise i think it took the whole situation of lycanthropy a little too lightly i think it was a little bit mm. too much of a romp uh mm. i still want to have a disturbing sexualized uh hotness that the tv show had mm. yeah turning <clears> into a wolf that's not something to take lightly is it so the, the 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 films that we've already talked about are, are, are quite light or on, on all this sort of stuff but the the tv show that you jeff davis producer created that is much more much more sexualized oh if, if it's if, if teen wolves aren't fucking why am i watching that's a fair point you know obviously it comes off the back of the likes of the twilight series twilight can fuck straight off it's i've i've, I've, I've watched maybe maybe the first two seasons of it and i just don't get it there is also violent aggressive murder by wolves and those two just go hand in hand yeah there's a sign in the writer's room at teen wolf uh, as you walk in the door uh, over the door as you enter the writer's room and it says we fuck and we fight that's the two rules of teen wolf so if you're coming into our writer's room and, you, and you, you're showing me a spec script and i don't see some some fucking and fighting and werewolf you know some fur flying uh you're looking for a new job jack i mean it makes sense and, what, and the demographic is 13 to 18 year old girls is that right pardon me i got a call here i'm gonna let that go uh the demographic, yeah, it's definitely for for young girls. Okay, and that's that's the message you want to put across. Yeah, and also them. we have a rule that even though it's called Teen Wolf, all of the male actors are over thirty five in it. Well, that that is in keeping with tradition. Well, of course, Michael J. Fox was I think he was well into his twenties when he made Teen Wolf. He's actually, he was forty one when he made that first film. Yeah, he still looks great. Can, can I ask? Um, this is one for the for the fans, really. But did you feel bad killing off Aiden after his redemption in uh, the end of season three? No. Oh, that actor was a nightmare drugs uh just harassment you name it forget his name right now but he was just a real trouble so i heard that- I, I, I never went to the set because i i struggled with my own addiction problems too so i was rarely on the set really what what kind of addictions <laughs> well, what you got man cocaine mostly i was imagine yeah hollywood lots of cocaine the team will set is one of the cokiest sets i've ever been a part of it was like miami vice but with more coke the, uh, the part of legal department was making sure that our actors were over, uh, over at least over 30 because of the amount of drug intake. It's like, it's just, we don't want to be irresponsible of course. exposing people in their teens to that stuff. Yeah, you need to have built up a good base 
before before you start taking on the you can't have a downward spiral on your way up you gotta you gotta get the fame first and then come down but otherwise you You are now cited on the internet as the creator of teen wolf yes um and criminal and criminal minds i think oh yeah have you have you ever had any blowback from the writers of the movie teen wolf or the producer of that film because presumably it was their idea like presumably they came up with the concept oh no i went i went straight to the uh to the to the original creator and producers of the film Uh, i talked to harvey i talked to uh marty i called up uh deb and uh, we all sat down. We went to the smokehouse in Burbank and uh, over cheese toasts and martinis. I, I got their complete blessing. They, they were happy, you know, to put such money in the bank. I'm sure Universal gave them something. The Hollywood uh, film industry and television industry famous for paying its writers and creators very well. You're calling us from your yacht right now. That's, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm hunkered down in my... Uh, it's a town called Cotignac. It's in the southern, uh, south of France. It's, it's about maybe an hour and a half above uh, of Nice. It's, uh, so I, I've just been here with the, uh, with the wife and, uh, and the boy. And we're just kind of enjoying ourselves. A lot of rosé. Using that time to uh, create some new ideas? Or steal ideas from 80s films? You know, the good thing about being an executive producer on a show for as many seasons as we've done, it's, uh, I can start to relegate now. Now that we're in animation, really, I'm just sent the animatics. And it's, you know, kind of just a thumbs up, thumbs down situation for me. But can I, can I be quite honest with you? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I really stopped caring about the show after season two. And it was really just a cash grab after that. There's a character. There's just there's a couple characters that are uh, big big fan favorites called uh, Styles, which is I think you know named after one of the characters in the original film. Yes, yes. And uh, and uh, Lydia and I was reluctant to get them together, kind of a Sam and Diane, will they, won't they oh, situation. Yeah. I've been shipping them very hard. I must say. Right. Well, you you and about everybody else on Twitter, and I, that's why I had to go off Twitter. I had to go off Twitter because I was being being threatened and. It was, it was quite ugly. Uh, Sol and I, we're big fans of the film Weekend at Bernie's, uh, and that seems ripe for a, a good TV series remake. Do you think you could steal that idea next? Well, you know what? Zombies are big. Yeah. You make, you make, yeah, Bernie's a zombie. Bernie isn't just a corpse that is being puppeteered around town. Yeah. He's, he's, un, he, yeah, he becomes walking, walking dead. That's not a bad think, idea. Well, we've got you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. As the creator of Team Wolf, what's the most salacious bit of celebrity gossip that you're willing to give us from the debaucherous world of of making teen dramas we had uh jake Busey as a guest star in one of the episodes and uh we caught him in a trailer with one of the wolves Mm. and i think i think i think he heard us coming up the steps or whoever it was that caught him and he had enough time to pull himself together but something was going on with the wolf and then that became kind of a running joke that jake jake busey is a wolf fucker and that's that, that just be kind of a thing I, whether that's true exactly or not but that just became the running joke on the set i mean he he's got the look you'd believe it he's got he's got crazy eyes so i don't know if you ever spend any time with jake busey in, in his audition he actually pulled out an actual firearm and waved it around and john favreau was directing that episode and, and john favreau i think still ptsd about that uh he he he, he wouldn't we wanted to cast Jake because we had a, the network had to deal with him, but uh, but uh, Favreau cried off on that one and w- wouldn't be a part of that episode. Just one last question. Now, have you ever met Jason Bateman? Just obviously, he's been in our discussions in the in the film. No, I, I never did. I, I dated Justine for a while in the in the late nineties. Oh really? Oh right, great. Oh, she's great. The whole family seems great. Oh really? Because we we heard a rumor that he likes to stomp on mice. 
And uh, <laughs> it seemed such a weird, obscure thing that it had to be true. Well, see, when rumors are that specific, they probably are true. Yeah, well, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have some people look into that because that's uh, that's the kind of stuff I love. Because that's that, that, that's for me. There's an episode. There's 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 episode one, season nine for Team Wolf. Oh, nice. Yes. See, this is the great mind of Jeff Davis, creator of Team yeah. Wolf, always finding new ideas in whatever he, he watches. Teen Wolf, the film, and he thinks I've got an idea for a TV show. That's that's a creative mind. TV, especially, it's just about saying yes to everything. Never say no to anything. What about Teen Wolf, the movie, based on? The TV series, mm. Teen Wolf, based on Very the movie, good. Teen Wolf. What about a Broadway musical? Oh, yes. That's that's actually in the works, because uh, that's the thing right now. Everybody's doing it, uh, and it's just called Wolf. We get, uh, who's, what's his name? The, uh, his name always escapes me, uh, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Oh, yes. He can sing. Is Wolverine part wolf? It's got wolf in the name. Yeah, sure, whatever. We do a DC or Marvel, whatever that shit is, tie-on, like tie-in crossover thing, where you've got Wolverine... And he fights one of our teen wolves. So that's, okay, that's a good idea. I don't think you should worry about it. Just get some of those guys who are really good at improving songs. They're good. Just crack it out in a couple of hours. We should, we should get the Jeff B. Davis, uh, who people confuse me with sometimes. From, uh, Never heard of him. Very funny, very tall, dashing, very well-dressed. He's just got lots of talent. Don't know why he's not more famous, but uh, people have, have thought I was him because our names are similar. It's an easy mistake, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've only heard of him just because people think I'm him. And he's a comedian? I think, well, is, is improv considered comedy? <laughs> I know, I don't know. Yeah, well, well, uh, okay. Well, Jeff Davis, creator of Teen Wolf, uh, we, we won't take up any more of your time. Thank you very much for talking Thank to you. us. And, uh, and, and cheers from Provence. Uh, chin chin, salut. Oh, ça va bien. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff. Great. Nice, nice uh, hanging out with you guys vocally. That was that was the Jeff Davis, the latest in our run of successful interviews. And it actually was that actually was Jeff Davis. So you can't sue us. Yeah, because it was Jeff it Davis. Was, was That's not a lie. The creator of well, Teen Wolf. TV. No. I just okay. Cut that sentence. These are the things that are true and accurate. Jeff Davis, American. He's in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Those are factual, non-suable statements. Yeah. Thank you for listening. To see us out, Alan, I've got a little Teen Wolf quiz here. Right, okay. I want to test your knowledge on Teen Wolves. <laughs> okay, not the films necessarily, just the concept. Well, I, I was going to look up the biology of Teen Wolves, but I just kept... I, I tried to do... Genuinely, I tried to do some research into adolescence in wolves, and it just kept bringing me up all these websites from people who like to pretend they're wolves and bite each other and eat raw meat in it <laughs> so i stopped <laughs> i gave up on that i've just thought right this they should have called this the film or the sequel whatever who's afraid of virgin wolf <laughs> this is the quiz alan the teen wolf quiz round one this round right. is called are you ready mm-hmm. teen wolf or has been wolf <laughs> Okay. I want you to. I mean, we've we've actually spoken about some of this on this show anyway, but let's do it anyway. I want you to tell me these are the actors who have played Teen Wolf. I want you to tell me if they were teenagers right. at the time that their oh, Teen Wolf projects okay. came out. So number one, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> no, he was at least twenty-five. Forty-two, according to Jeff Davis. <laughs> so you're saying Michael J. Fox has been Wolf? <laughs> yes, he's a milf wolf. <laughs> so you go from straight from teen to milf, and. There's got to be an MTV series out there called Teen Milf. There is, actually. There's literally an MTV show called Teen Mum. I think Milf Wolf is better, though. Mother-eyed 
lycanthropy. I'm tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to work <laughs> werewolfism into the MILF acronym. Mother in lots of fur. <laughs> Question two. Teen Wolf or has been Wolf? Jason Bateman. Definitely a teen. He was a young cherubic. He was. Faced oh, I didn't boy. clarify. Michael J. Fox, by the way, was 24 when Teen Wolf came out. Jason Bateman was 18 when Teen Wolf came out. That's two points so far. Well done. Okay. Tyler Posey, the lead the of MTV's <laughs> Teen Wolf. Oh, Jeff Davis's Teen Wolf. Uh, I should have known that after doing the interview. Uh, okay. The TV show. See, now they want to go young because they're going to be running for a few years. So they know they can't go too young. But I'm going to go. He. I'm going to go. He's 22. That's my guess when it starts. I mean, close. So you're saying has been Wolf. That is correct. Yeah. He was 20 at the uh, start of that show. Oh, only just. Round two. Werewolf? Question mark. <laughs> okay, I like yeah. that. Where are these werewolves, or more specifically, where do their stories take place? So, for example, if I were to give you the American werewolf from an American werewolf in London, you would say London, the Yorkshire Moors. No, because you, you get you get bitten <laughs> on the Yorkshire Moors. Well, that's where the werewolf is. But the American werewolf turns into a werewolf in London in in J- Jenny Agatha's mm, flat. Okay. First of all, right. So, question one, Alan. The Wolf from Peter and the Wolf. Russia? Somewhere in Russia? Yeah, very very good. Soviet Russia. Can't be more specific than that. Yeah, St. Yeah, yeah. Petersburg, maybe? <laughs> Is it St. Peter and the Wolf? Okay, might be a, uh, a knock at the door in the minute. We'll see. The Alpha Wolf from The Grey. Oh, The Grey. <laughs> oh, no. Ding dong. Oh, <laughs> who's that? Hello. Yes, lads. It's me. It's definitely not racist. Liam Neeson here. Uh, I heard you talking about my film, The Grey. If we do have any new listeners to this episode of the podcast, <laughs> off the back of MTV's Team Wolf creator Jeff Davis being on the show, you should probably be aware this is a this is a uh, a frequent guest we have on the podcast. Uh, definitely not racist Liam Neeson. I'm not racist. <laughs> Ever since Liam Neeson got himself in hot water for talking about being racist in the past. Not racist. I was just going to beat up a black man because of the colour of his skin. If that's racist, then I guess he I'm... He's, he's like our woke consultant. So are you giving us an answer there? Definitely not racist Liam Neeson. Oh, I can... What was the question again? I've totally forgotten already. Where Where is the alpha wolf from the grey from? We filmed it on location there and I lived there for three months as a wolf uh, as preparation for the role. I played the alpha wolf in that film, I believe. Dual roles? Yes, I was motion captured as the wolf. Okay. Uh, but I had a big fur coat on. It was It was grand. Now, I believe that was all shot and filmed in Alaska. Ah, very good. Very good. Well done. There you go. I know my own films, don't you know? What about that bit in the Teen Wolf film where he says, oh, you're not a faggot, are you? And he goes, <laughs> oh, I'm not a faggot. That bit didn't age well, did it? No, it's not aged well, that. It's, it's uh, reminded me of another... I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, another another film from that era that we covered recently, Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey and excellent adventure. They did the exact same thing. Well, it was a big thing in the 80s. The teen boys, they're, they're not cool with the homosexuality back then. If you're gay, it's okay. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, of course. Have you ever played a, a gay person? I have, yes. In The Gay. It was set in Alaska. It's about <laughs> a gay wolf. I believe he has to prove himself as a as a wolf man. Okay. Um, All right, I, I'll leave you to it. I don't want to get involved with your wolf business. Thanks, Liam. Bye-bye. Bye-bye there. Oh. Well, I always get a bit nervous when he walks <laughs> So I think we promptly lost any new listeners that Jeff Davis brought in to the podcast. 
moving on. Um, two socks. The wolf from Dances with Wolves. Two socks. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be America, obviously. Like I don't know. Do you want? Do you want a historically accurate place? <laughs> if, if you can be more specific, that's great. But oh, God, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you America. Wyoming or something like that. It's Fort Hayes that I believe right, that yeah. film is set in, and I couldn't figure out if that was Nebraska or Kansas. But it's one of those two. <laughs> okay. Close with Wyoming. Desert. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay, next up. Wolf Link from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. <laughs> okay, you've lost me. All right. <laughs> Unless the place is called Zelda, then I don't know. <laughs> uh, the answer is Hyrule, the fictional kingdom of Hyrule. I'm out of my depth. All right, the last question in Werewolf. Okay, yeah. The Wolfman, the good version from the 40s. Oh, i got to be British. British, surely. They love doing stuff in Britain. It is British. I would like you to be more specific than Britain. Yorkshire. Ah, no. I've beaten you again. Surprisingly, Alan, this really did catch me off guard when I caught it, because they they certainly don't do a good job of portraying this place. Uh, It's set in Wales, in Lanwelly, which I'm guessing is a fictional part of Wales. We're going to get angry comments from people who live in Lanwelly. Well, Llanelli is a real place, which sounds very similar. Yeah. It sounds like it's just a bit of a take on Probably, that. Yeah. This, is the, uh, this is the final round now in the Teen Wolf quiz. Teen Wolf or Human Bean Wolf? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you some, some names of people or wolves, and I want you to tell me if they are human or wolf. <laughs> Okay. okay. Number one, Virginia Wolf. <laughs> she's a human being. She she's a human being wolf, Alan. You have to say yes, that's human being wolf. <laughs> Writer of Mrs. Dalloway, of course. Virginia Wolf is a human being from the real world. Yeah. Right. Number two, Wolf O'Donnell. A human being wolf. No, you are wrong. I've beaten you. Haha. <laughs> oh. No, uh, Wolf O'Donnell is an anthropomorphic wolf from the Star Fox video games. Number three, Dick Wolf. <laughs> Dick Wolf. I know that name, yeah. Yeah, that's a human being wolf. He is a human being wolf. He's uh, he's rival of uh, Jeff Davis, the creator of Criminal Minds. Uh, Dick Wolf is the creator of Law and Order. How, how is he not getting on the Teen Wolf action? What a fool. He's making a serious teen drama out of Police Academy. <laughs> that, that is a serious drama. Well, it would be now in this day and age. Okay, Winston Wolf. That is the Harvey Keitel character in Pulp Fiction. That is the Harvey Keitel character in Pulp Fiction. You're doing very well. Okay, so currently you've you've won nine points uh, <laughs> against my three. But as it happens, the next question is worth ten points to me if you get it wrong. <laughs> so it's the decider. Ralph Wolf. Ralph Wolf. Ralph Wolf. I don't believe that that is a human being wolf. Because ah, it's a stupid name and made me. up. It's a teen, teen wolf. You've done me. Yeah, it's a, he's a wolf. He's actually, Alan, a Looney Tunes character who is okay, identical yeah. in appearance to Wiley Coyote. I, I believe they literally just drew Wiley Coyote and coloured him in a slightly different colour. <laughs> And uh, there that's you go. Good. Right, well, that that's Teen Wolf. Alan is the Teen Wolf champion. He knows the most about Teen Wolf. We've proven that. Thank you. He knows more about Teen Wolf than Jeff Davis does. Jeff Davis, <laughs> of course, uh, wonderful man who agreed to be on our podcast. So thank you, Jeff mm-hmm. Davis, for giving us the inside scoop on Teen Wolf. First-hand knowledge. So what are the headlines we can get out of this episode? I, I want to know what everyone at Slash Film can can write a blog entry about. <laughs> Teen Wolf uh, season... Teen Wolf to be revived as an animated series for season seven. Mm-hmm. Someone, like, put, put that on Wikipedia. You can cite this podcast as a source. That's fine. <laughs> 
And someone put on there that um, Jason Bateman stomps on mice. Because that's canon now. As much as we love him. It's a rumour that has spread through Hollywood. And there's no smoke without fire, if you ask me. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our Teen Wolf episode of Diminishing Returns. Truly a franchise that lives up to our name. And it's quite impressive when you start as low as Teen Wolf. You know, normally you start off high and work your way down from there, but... Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, check out our back catalogue. We've got like 200 plus episodes at this point. They're good. Next week, come back. We're launching our Halloween celebration Month. for this year. <laughs> a three three week celebration. <laughs> Well, in previous years, we've done a Halloween special, but the entire month of October is dominated with horror releases, so we do a, a horror movie for Halloween, and we tie in a load of other episodes with new movies coming out, and it just ends up being a horror month, all month. Yeah. So this year, we just thought, fuck it, and we're just doing a three-part Halloween special that's spread out over the entire month anyway. Subscribe, like, subscribe, dimreturns.com, all that shit. Bye! And if you've chanced upon this because you're a fan of the Teen Wolf TV series... I'd just like to apologise for wasting your life. <laughs> but I'm sure you're used to it. <laughs>